Last week I started a, a message entitled, Why Do I Need the Bible? And uh, it is actually the third message in a series. I think the first one was called, I'm a Nerd for the Word. The next one was called, This is How I Fight My Battles. And the one that I started last week was uh, entitled, Prosperity and Success is Not the Goal. And we um, talked a little bit about some definitions of words, and, and, and especially some Bible definitions of words, and, and came to this place where we understood that sometimes, many times, a definition from the Bible is different than a definition that we might have in our English language, and specifically in this case as it related to prosperity and success. I shared with you last week that I absolutely believe that God delights in the prosperity or delights in prospering his, his kids, but I also uh, don't believe in the gospel of the prosperity gospel, that um, everything that you do is so that you can acquire wealth. And there is a gospel out there that says, you know, if, you, if you're not wealthy, then you are missing God in some way, shape, or manner. Now, God never calls any of us to poverty. Poverty is a demonic thing. I mean, people can have very little in life and still not necessarily have a spirit of poverty on their life. They just don't have much. I've seen some people who have little who are far more at peace than those who have much. Uh, so you, in that setting, uh, it would be like, okay, who's prosperous and who's successful in this setting? So it's not about how much you have uh, externally. It, really, it's about how much you have internally, and that's what it uh, comes down to. If you remember, success well, in the English definition was the accomplishment of one's goals to attain wealth. Prosperity in the English definition was a successful, flourishing, thriving condition, especially in respect to material gain. So in our English language, those two words always have a connection to stuff you have, stuff you acquire, whether that's in, in terms of your toys or monetary wealth or whatever it may be. And so we looked those words up in the, uh, in the uh, uh, dictionary, uh, the Bible dictionary, to find out what the, the Hebrew word really means. And it comes from Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. That was our text. That's what I've been talking about every day in 714 prayer. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. You may notice there's an, kind of an if and then uh, uh, connotation there. You know, if you do these three things, then you will find success and you will have prosperity. But again, we look at that passage of Scripture and put our English-Americanized uh, definitions on it, and then we love that passage of Scripture because I'm going to be prosperous, and I'm going to have success. And many of us have actually missed the fact that it didn't say, God did that for you. It said that if you'll do these three things, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So... Uh, Everybody's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not uh, saying what I want it to say. And that's the problem is we make things say what we want them to say. 
And so I started talking about the first part of it. There's three parts of this. Number one is, uh, it says, this book of the law, this word, shall not depart from your mouth. And that was what I really spent the time last week talking about, speaking it, speaking it out, you know, talking the word, praying the word. Don't let the word of God depart from your mouth. And so we have to, we have, to have that happening in our life. The second part was, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it. Did you catch that? I believe that's what it says. Does it say in it? Where am I at? Oh, Joshua. Let me look at it over here. I think some translations may say on it, but I was captured by the fact that it said, you shall meditate in it. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. I suppose, you know, we would immediately think that, well, that might have been a typo. It should have been meditate on it. Well, so that, that's kind of like, okay, what does it mean then to meditate in it? Uh, so the thing that we see, though, in that is the second part of our responsibility in this. Number one is to constantly be speaking the word. Let it come out of your mouth. Let it be the fruit of your lips. You know, when you're facing a battle speak the word. That's what we learned about how Jesus handled his wilderness experience, right? It was about having an it is written that he could speak out loud. And I want us to have it is written in our heart. That's something I've been preaching for a long, long time, even before coming here uh, to pastor. And so the other part of it was that I should meditate in it day and night, you remember the speaking of the word when we went to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and it said, you know, you shall speak on these words, remember? It was when you get up, when you lay down with your kids, when you're outside for a walk, when you're sitting around in the house. It was basically nonstop speaking of the word of God. And that's, that's an important part of this. Meditation, Psalm chapter 1 verses 2 through 3 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his laws... In his law, he meditates day and night. Now, I like this because this kind of gives you the implication of another if and then. I'm going to read it again. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. But where did it start? You see, we, we kind of bypass our part in the equation of things, and we just quickly look past that part of it to the thing that we expect that God's going to do for us. But it says, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So the first one was speaking it day and night. The second one was meditating in it day and night. In Psalm chapter 119, verses 15 through 16, it says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And then Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So the speaking part, we kind of got a handle on that. It's about talking about it, right? 
But what about this meditating? I think it's interesting that the English definition of the word to meditate is to engage in thought, to engage in contemplation. And we are, you know, we're not talking about transcendental meditation here, all right? It's to read a passage of Scripture, speak it out loud, and spend some time digesting what it's actually saying. Think about it. Don't just read over a passage of Scripture like it's just another sentence in a book. Take some time to think about it, to uh, meditate on it. But when I looked up the Hebrew definition of this word meditate, I was, I was actually quite entertained by it because it, it actually means in the Hebrew to mutter, mumble, or talk to oneself. I know, in our American thinking, we think anyone who talks to themselves is just three steps short of the white jacket over at the, you know, at the, at the mental home kind of thing. But here, we see that this word, you meditate in it day and night. The actual definition of this Hebrew word, meditate, is to talk to one's self. Think about that. I know when I'm out mowing the grass, I don't know if Diane's ever noticed this, maybe not, but I, my lips are always moving. So I'm thinking, and I'm actually thinking many times, thinking about a scripture, and, and I'm kind of mouthing it. That's how I used to read all the time. I used to, it would drive Diane nuts because when I would read my Bible or any, any book whatsoever, it was, it was sort of like this. I don't know if you'll hear this or not. Where's my microphone? And, of course, I learned that I don't uh, attain as much information by actually speaking it like that. But what was my point? I'm muttering to myself. I'm talking to myself. I do that when I mow the grass. I do that when I'm out in the, uh, the shop. If, if people were uh, uh, to look in the windows, they'd go, <laughs> he's three bricks short there. But, you know, think about that, the Scripture, muttering to yourself, talking to oneself as the, the Hebrew definition. I think it's also fair enough to use the English definition there as well, to have deep thought and contemplation about what you've just read. And, you know, you, you're reading along, let's say you're reading a chapter in the Bible, and there's a specific verse that you think, I ought to mark that. Let's just go with that. I ought to mark that. Well, how about... Yeah, mark it, but go back and read it, then mark it, then go back and read it again, and then go back and read a few verses ahead of it to see what it was there that caused you to feel like a spark that went off, so I want to mark this passage of Scripture in my Bible. And one of the things that I like to do is if I've marked something, let's say I'm reading chapter 9 in Joshua, and uh, then I'll go back to chapter 8 and read what I marked and then go to chapter 9. And in those cases, sometimes I actually will mutter that out loud. In fact, when I read the Bible, I take my phone and I go to you version, and I have somebody else mutter it out loud for me. <laughs> that one I drives Diane nuts too, because I'm usually sitting there reading my Bible, and there's some other person reading the Scripture to me. And there's something to that. Not only will does the Bible say that if I'll do these things, speak the Word basically all the time, Meditate, mutter to myself. 
all the time. <laughs> it said day and night, right? Is there anything left out? No. Uh, but that, th- there's also more retention that's happening in my brain when I speak it out loud. And things become a part of the, the nature. They become a part of the DNA instead of just some information that I read in a book. And so that's why I believe part of this is important. It's not just about me finding success and me finding prosperity. Because remember, the Hebrew definition of those words is different than our own, and we'll look at that again in a minute. And so we see that there are three things. I'm going to come to the third one now. But we see that there are three things in Joshua chapter 1, verses 8, that we would automatically go, that part is my part to play in this scenario, right? And that is that I need to speak the word. Let this word, this book of the law, shall not depart from your mouth. And of course, looking up passages of Scripture, it talked about talking about it in the morning, in the night, when you lay down, when you get up, when you're out for a walk, when you're sitting in your chair. Basically, we should constantly let it be the fruit of our lips. You're facing trouble. You're facing a situation. The first thing that ought to be coming into your mind and out of your mouth is a word from the word, right? And it's going to help you float, as Diane said. It's going to help you get through those stressful, trying situations. The other part of it is to meditate. And I'm okay now with muttering to myself. Matter of fact, I might start doing a little bit more out loud. (laughs) Because it's a part of the equation. What's the third part of the equation? And it says, uh, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, so that... Is that what it says? That you. What's the that you? Well, I can put before that why. Why should I do these things? So that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. See, you, you don't just speak the word so you can brag about how many scriptures you have memorized. You don't just meditate on it day and night just so you can talk to yourself. The end result of those two things is that you obey what's written in it. That's what it's, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Let me add in italics, why? So that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. I think I said this maybe in, I don't remember, yesterday's video maybe. You know, the first two things are quite meaningless if you have no intent to obey what you read. It's nothing more than a book. You might as well go read a novel or a smaller book. You know, if you have no intention to obey what it's saying, you're losing the power of the Word in your life. Okay, I imagine that it still has some power, the fact that it's getting in you. I imagine it still has some power in that you're speaking it, but you're losing the real oomph of what it's all about if you have no intent to obey what it's saying. And I've heard before, the only scripture you actually believe is the one that you obey. So which passages of scripture are we saying, eh, eh, not that one. Eh, it's not culturally relevant today. Things are different now. No, the Bible is the Bible, and let the Bible speak for itself. So we're supposed to have obedience 
as the primary goal and result of Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Prosperity and success is not the goal. Prosperity is, and success is a result of having done the other three things, but it's a result that you see through. It's not a result that God does for you, because that's why it says, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It didn't say you do these three things, and God will do, God will bring you success. I believe he puts your, his, he, he blesses everything that you put your hand to do, especially when you're an obedient son and daughter. Listen, there's something that comes with obedience to the Word of God. You want it active in your life? How many of y'all want the Word of God active in your life? Then obey it. You don't get activation of the Word of God just because you read it. You don't even get activation of the Word of God just because you quote it. Because remember, the only Scripture you actually believe is the one that you obey. So it becomes somewhat of a self-examination, doesn't it, to kind of go, well, what parts of the Scripture am I currently not readily, right now, obeying? Which parts of the holy text am I going, I'm still kind of dealing with how I feel about that verse or that principle? Oh, well, you know, God's grace covers me, and His mercy's new every morning, so that verse is merely not going to matter because all i got to do is say, I'm sorry, God, and in the morning the, the slate is wiped clean. Now, there's a problem with that. You all see that? So turn your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy, and I'm going to look at chapter 5, verses 32 through 33. Remember that in Joshua chapter 1 and 8, the ultimate goal, the primary goal and our primary result is obedience. Why why do I speak it and why do I meditate on it? So that I may obey, so that I may observe to do according, here's what it says, to all that is written therein. And if I do that, then I will find prosperity in life. Then I will find success in life. I will make my way successful, and I will make my way prosperous. I know it kind of goes against the grain of the way we've maybe thought about that passage for a lot of years. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32 through 33, I think is what I have. Therefore, you shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you, You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord God has commanded you, that you may live, that it may be well with you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Did you notice again? It said that you may prolong your days. And you having success, you having prosperity is a result of obeying the Word of God. And I believe God graces us in that setting. That's why we can say things like, He will bless all that I put my hands to do. Listen, not if I'm not speaking His Word, not if I'm not meditating on His Word, not if I'm not obeying His Word. Now, I recognize there are times that we just get splattered. God blesses somebody, it splatters on us. We get a little blessing too. 
I don't want a splatter blessing. No. Lord, if you got a fire hose up there with blessing, high pressure, knock me against the wall with it. I want all of your blessings. Amen? I heard it said one time years and years ago about wanting an experience with the Lord, and a guy had a little Dixie cup. Some of you who've been here for years, you may remember this evangelist that came way back. And he was saying, I don't want a Dixie cup experience with God. I want a 55-gallon barrel experience with God. He said, the problem is that with most of your 55-gallon barrels, you got holes in them. So what am I, I, you know, I don't want to receive from the Lord just, uh, I know we got that, that concept, just the crumb from your table, Lord. But that's far underreaching what God has for us to simply say, just the crumb from your table, Lord. I'm like, no, give me my daily bread and I ain't going to leave a crumb. Right? I'm having it all. He's got something for me, but I got a role to play in this. You have a role to play in this. And it's not just reading the Word. You know, we're on this whole tear up your Bible thing right now, and we're all reading the Bible, and some of you have gotten new Bibles just to get a fresh start, and maybe you're marking them up and just really saturating yourself in the Word of God. That's just a reading program if you have no intent to begin to repeat it back and to meditate on it and to mutter it and to obey it because the result, the real goal of Joshua 1.8 is to obey the Word of God. This is a problem in America. You know, we want, we don't want to obey, we want to obey what we're, what we're okay with and still want carte blanche all the blessings of the Lord. And that's just not the way it works. It's just not the way it works. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 14, but the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. What does that say to me? Why is it in my mouth and my heart? So that I may do it. If it's in my mouth and my heart for any other reason, there's a problem with that. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7 real quick. We'll be done here in just a couple of minutes. I'm almost finished. Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read verses 21 through 26. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Remember that the, the real goal and result of Joshua 1.8 is supposed to be about us observing to do all that's written therein. And here you see, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. In other words, the only one who is going to enter the kingdom of heaven are those who do the will of God. And where do I find the perfect will of God? In the Bible. Why am I so adamantly wanting you to tear up your Bible? Figuratively, right? Wear it out. Not so you can go, I read the Bible whole Bible this year. I've never done that. That's not the purpose. It's so you can observe to do what's written in it. It's so you can stand before him one day and he doesn't say, let me go on. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, 
cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Who, who are the ones that practice lawlessness? The ones who don't do what he says. Thank you for your enthusiasm. We think lawlessness goes, uh, that's antichrist. That's not me. What about, what about the person who said, Excuse me, what about the person who says, and I'm not going to obey that? I don't agree with that. What gives us any right whatsoever at any given time to choose, cherry pick, what we want to believe? Nothing. Nothing gives us that right. We're supposed to believe every bit of it and do every bit of it, even when we don't understand it. And maybe, especially, when we don't understand it, because that requires deep faith. And it's impossible to please God without faith. John chapter 13, verse 17, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. The English definition of the word obey is to comply, to follow the commands, follow the restrictions, the wishes and instructions. That's the English definition. The Hebrew definition is subjection, submission, and I didn't make this up, ready obedience. The English definition is very much like we would expect. It's to comply with the commands, restrictions, and wishes and instructions. But the Hebrew definition goes deeper in that it says it's subjection, submission to what you're reading. It's a readiness to obey. A readiness, a right now readiness. I've heard it said before that delayed obedience is still disobedience. The only obedience that's true obedience is that obedience that happens now. You know? Say to your kid, go take the trash out, and he says, well, I'll get it later. You're like, you're going to get it later, all right. Or how about you tell your kid to go take out the trash, and he says, yes, sir, I'll do that, but doesn't do it. Or how about the kid who's doing something, they're busy, they're playing a game on a Game Boy or whatever, and, and, and there's no Game Boys anymore. I think those are over, but anyway. Right, those are over, aren't they, Game Boys? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Your Xbox, PS5, if you've gotten in line to get one. Anyway, if you're doing all that, and you say, go take out the trash, and, and the kid really doesn't want to right then. It goes against his grain, but he says, yes, sir, and gets up and goes and does it with a ready heart. See, that's submission, subjection. That's a readiness to obey. There's going to be things that you and I are going to read in this word. We're going to, uh-uh, 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 uh Transcribers got that wrong. We'll buy a different translation. It's bound to say something different. But even when we have trouble with it, as true sons and daughters, we're supposed to be in subjection to it, be in submission to it, and be ready to obey it even when we feel that way about it. So, what do we have? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate day in, day and night, therein day and night, so that you can obey it, so that you can observe to do according to all that is written in it. And then it goes on to finally say, and then 
you will make your way prosperous, and then you shall have good success. So let's talk about that last part right there, and we'll close. You know, number four is prosperity and success. I, I personally have read this scripture for years, seeing the end run of this, prosperity and success. And now I realize that is not the end run of Joshua 1 and 8. That's just simply a happy, a happy result. Prosperity and success is a happy result. The end run is obedience to the Word of God. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. I fear that what we've done is we've taken the focus off of the, wrong, of, off of the, uh, off of the real deal here, and we focused more on the prosperity. We focused more on the success that's there on, and, have, and have shadowed out the first three. Speak the word, think about the word, obey the word. You know, Joshua 1.8 isn't even a power scripture without the first three actually happening in your life. Speaking the word, meditating on the word, and obeying the word. And so I believe that, that from wherever it came from, there's been a distortion of this passage of scripture because the perception is it's all about the prosperity. It's all about the success. And again, as I shared in the very beginning of this series, prosperity and success are relative. A person living in a cardboard box could be happier within their own soul and their own spirit than the person living in a mansion. I'm not suggesting anyone live in a box. But I'm just saying that's a hard, prosperity and success is a, is, a, is a state of mind. It's a state of heart. It's not defined. You're not defined by what I think prosperity and success is, and I'm not defined by what you think it is. All right? So I believe that we've, we've distorted Joshua chapter 1-8 by making the end run prosperity and success when the end run is obeying the Word of God. Amen? Joshua chapter 1-8. And so through the process of this, I've created paraphrases of the Scripture by taking the exact Scripture and adding to it the definitions. And I called it a paraphrase on steroids. Right, and I gave. I, I remember last week we we ran out of time, and I jumped right to the end. And there's been some people I can't remember who said they'd like to make copies of this. And so I'm going to read this. Did you guys get that fixed for me? It's all fixed. All right, good. So uh, Joshua one eight. Go ahead and put that up there. Now what you're going to see is you're going to see areas that are underlined and in italics. Uh, the let's just uh, back it up. Well, no, I don't mean you guys back it up. I'm backing me up. The part that's not underlined in italics is straight out of the word. The part that's underlined in italics is paraphrased on steroids. Okay? It's, it's not my words. They're actually coming straight from the Hebrew definition of the words. All right, you ready? This book of the law, the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth. You shall read it. You shall frequently repeat it. You should talk about it. You should refresh it in your memory. You shall meditate in it day and night. You shall engage in deep thought and contemplation about it. You should even talk to yourself about it. Why? So you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. 
You do all the above with the intent and purpose to obey it. You do all the above in order to comply with its commands, restrictions, wishes, and instructions. You shall, you shall comply in submission with ready, right now, immediate obedience. Why? For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, if you remember, I gave you definitions, Hebrew definitions of the word prosperous and success, which were different than our English definitions. And these, this is a list of those definitions. So you can take possession of my promise. So you can stand on my holy name. So you can reach the goal. So you can be whole, safe, and sound. So it can be said of you that you acted wisely. Those are the Hebrew uh, definition, excuse me, the definitions of the Hebrew word for prosperity and for success, right there. So you can take possession of my promises. Now, that's a whole different viewpoint than material gain. Although maybe material gain's mixed into his promises. Are you, are you following me? Or so you can stand on my holy name. I'll be like, okay, that's all the success I need. That's all the prosperity. I'm Lord, if I can just stand on your holy name, everything else will fall in place in my life right? Why do I want to speak the Word? Why do I want to meditate on the Word? Why do I want to obey the Word? So I can reach my goal. But in context of this Scripture, the goal was for Joshua and the people of Israel to defeat Jericho. That means that's because that's how I'm going to win my battles. I'm going to end up a winner in Christ. Why do I want to speak the Word? Why do I want to meditate on the Word? So I can be whole, safe, and sound. What is that? All is well with my soul. I got peace right in here, even if I'm living in a box. If, I, if Diane and I lived in a box, I can assure you that it would be decorated very nicely. <laughs> but then this last one, I think I like it most. We define prosperity and success as some type of wealth and or material gain. And this says, why would I speak the Word all the time? Why would I meditate on the Word all the time? Why would I obey it all the time? So that it could be said of you that you acted wisely. Where's that maybe written again? So that we could hear him say, well done. You got it, didn't you? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. If there's any wish and goal that we should have, it shouldn't be about having a nice, nicely decorated box. It should be about hearing the Lord say, you acted wisely, son. You acted wisely, daughter. You did good. You did good. Can I get a healthy Amen. So I don't know about you, but I think it certainly brings a new perspective to that whole passage of Scripture, and it narrows the focus to what's important in this text. And what's important in this text is that you speak the Word, you meditate on the Word, and that you obey the Word. I want to read Joshua 1 and 8 in two other translations, and we're going to close. Joshua 1 8 in the New Living Translation. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it because only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Or how about from the Message Bible? 
Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of Revelation be out of mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night, making sure you practice everything written in it. Then, <coughs> excuse me, you'll get to where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you strength, courage? Don't be timid. Don't be discouraged. God, your God is with you every step you take. Amen. If you can believe it and you can receive it, would you give the Lord some praise in the house of God? So my hope in all of this is that you'll take a closer look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Many of you have accepted the challenge to read it every day and to study it every day and to see what it really means to you. And if you and I could have as our goal in life hearing the Lord say, well done, son, or well done, daughter, we will do much better than looking for material gain and wealth and acclaim. If there's any acclaim on my life, let it be on the name upon which I stand, the name Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'd like to give you an opportunity to accept Christ into your life. If you would just bow your heads with me, I'd like to, I never want to leave a service without giving people a chance to make things right with God. And sometimes that's not about the person that's never accepted Christ. Sometimes it's about the person who has accepted Christ, but they've left him in the shadows. They've left him in the dust. Uh, they're still kind of tagging along with him a little bit, but pretty much he's tagging along with them. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're here today or even online. Maybe you've never accepted Christ into your heart. I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that today. Or maybe, as I just said, you have accepted Christ into your heart, but he's on the back burner for you right now. And maybe today you'd like to make a decision to put yourself on the back burner and put him on the front to let him truly be Lord and God of your life. And I want to give you that opportunity today. So I'm going to ask all of you to say this prayer with me today. And all of you online, say this prayer with me today. Now, saying the prayer is just repeating my words unless you believe it in your heart. Because you're saved when you believe in your heart and when you confess with your mouth. And that's what we're about to do. So bow your heads with me and just repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I need you. I'm humbly calling out to you. I'm tired of doing things in my way. Help me to start doing things your way. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Fill the emptiness in me. Make me whole. Lord, help me trust you. Help me to love you. Help me to live for you. Help me to understand your grace, your mercy. Help me to experience your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hallelujah. The Bible says that all of the angels rejoice when even one returns. Can we give the Lord a praise? Hallelujah. If you said that prayer with me this morning and all of us believing in your heart that the words that you were saying were true and meaning them, then I want you to know you've just been saved. Now the next step is get yourself connected to a good, solid church. Get involved in studying the Word of God. Learn what it means now, not only to be a Christian, but to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. But I welcome you, we all welcome you, into the family of God today. And we ask you, if you did, if you said that prayer, you're online with us today, and you said that prayer, I want you to call in. Our prayer ministry is standing by. They want to be able to pray with you and just encourage you uh, along the way. You can dial 989-681-5731. For those of you that are here, if our prayer ministry team would come forward and stand up here in the front, I appreciate it. I want to give you an opportunity as well to receive prayer after we dismiss and maybe you're here today and you said that prayer. Whether, whichever category you were in, whether it was the first time or whether it was, I'm coming back. I'm going to put, I need to put Christ back on the front burner and I prayed that prayer believing for that thing in my life. Then I'm going to ask you after we dismiss to come on up, have a moment of private prayer and they're just going to agree with you in prayer and they'd love to rejoice with you. And so those of you online, call in and let us know. Uh, that you've accepted Christ today, and let us pray with you. And those of you here who've answered that call, then come forward and and, uh, let these precious people pray with you for a minute. Amen? Would you stand to your feet this morning? I pray that you've been blessed by this mini-series, and we'll get started on something else soon. I got a whole list of things. (laughs) Father, we give you honor and glory for this day. We thank you for the time of worship that we have experienced, time through song, time through the encouragement of prayer as we prayed over those homeschool teachers. But we also now pray as well over all those students, whether that be homeschool or public school, that they're able to make it through the journey and the hurdles that are there in front of them in this season, Lord God. We also pray that you'll give us wisdom as we journey through the hurdles of this season as well. And I speak blessings and peace over everyone within earshot of my voice. Father, today, all those that are online, I speak blessings over them, and may they experience your presence at every turn during this week. And all those here with me right now, I pray, Lord God, that all of us would be salt and that we'd be light and that we would be a blessing to every single person that we come in contact with. Lord, we make a covenant that we will keep our nose in the book, we'll keep our knees bent to heaven, and we'll keep our bodies in the house of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I call you blessed. Have an awesome day.